There's only one company in Denver that is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. It's Denver Rubber Company, which is an essential business and has filled so many needs for several industries across the country during the crazy times that we're in right now. DRC has been around forever since 1972. They're the best in the business for anything that has to do with rubber snowplow blades. They can also help out with custom cut rubber and foam gaskets, hose assemblies also. Metal parts is another one of their specialties. With their industry knowledge and precise manufacturing capabilities, DRC is absolutely 100% committed to supporting your needs, especially during these uncertain times. So give them a call today, 1-800-259-0010. You can also visit them at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR. Nine on the shot clock. Finley backs him down. The double team has arrived. Finley off the booth underneath. He lays it in. The Mavericks have taken the lead. Calvin Booth. Oh, as they like to call him, Booth. <laughs> Rimming, no. Rebound Stockton. Off to Malone. There's the game winner. No, the Mavericks win. Absolutely unbelievable. The Mavericks have won, folks. Down 17. Hello, San Antonio. The Mavericks move on to the Western semifinals and take on the San Antonio Spurs. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNBA show presented by Manscaped. I am your host, Adam Matas. I am joined <laughs> by my esteemed colleague, Harrison Wind. What, no tagline today, Adam? <laughs> Skipped over that rather quickly. <laughs> I went across it. You know, some guests you have on, you have to go past the, the tagline too quickly. Uh, also joined, of course, as always, by Brendan Vogt. I was wondering how you were going to approach that one, but it was intro, a plus intro. Didn't think of it until the exact moment that it uh, <laughs> that it occurred to me. I was like, you know what? We'll uh, we'll go quickly through the manscape read on this one, and of course that is because we are joined um, by the assistant general manager for the Denver Nuggets, Calvin Booth. Calvin, thanks so much for joining us. How are you guys doing? Doing great, man. Um, we're enjoying. We're we've actually talking all day about the, uh, the the clip there, and I actually had some buddies, uh, some big time Dallas fans, when I let them know you were coming on the show. They they called that a top three moment for them. I'm 36. They're my same age. They said it's a top three moment for them all time watching Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> um, it's a it's a pretty fun one. You ever think on 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 that play? Uh, only when I see the guy from Dallas. Uh... Nelly Jr. And, and Cuban and all those guys always talk about that shot. Yeah, Cal Calvin, what's more memorable, that moment or that poster dunk over Mike Dunleavy? <laughs> that moment for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to check because for those of you who don't know, Calvin has this ridiculous poster dunk under over Mike Dunleavy when he was on the Sonics. Got to YouTube it. Yeah. Already, uh, <laughs> we've already got some folks calling you a Mavericks legend. So yeah, we got a lot of Dallas fans, a lot of yeah. Dallas fans in the uh... far from it, far from it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that's fun. That's the joy of the playoffs, though. Like anything could happen. I remember that series. So I was in high school at the time. I remember because I think you guys down Mavericks down two games in that series and then won three in a row back yeah. then, if I'm not mistaken. So and even that one, um, quite a comeback. So uh, it was pretty fun. But Calvin, I want to. I want to ask you first of all. It, it, it's this is the weirdest time. I mean, in, on a lot of different levels, but it's just such a weird time 
And this quarantine has been so fragmented. We haven't talked to a whole lot of people. I mean, little one-off conversations with different people. But what has quarantine been like for you and, and for the front office? Like, what does that look like? What was the level of communication? Are you guys meeting and talking every day? Or was it kind of like an off-season where people went their different ways for a while? Yeah, I think as an organization, we did a great job of trying to communicate virtually. So uh, we would go on a bunch of Zoom calls and text, talk on the phone, uh, things of that nature. So a lot of draft prep yeah. and, uh, you know, talking with the team. How early did you know sort of how this was going to go? I mean, I remember on the 11th when it was announced the season was going to be postponed for a while there, like the game was still playing. Like, okay, what is this, a week, two weeks? How long did you know this was going to be a long time? Man, I just think for the longest time, nobody had any real answers. And uh, until recently, when the NBA came out with that plan and uh, spelled it out and, and laid it out to the media, I think everybody had a little bit more of an understanding. So just kind of like a holding pattern. And uh, as a player, I think it was just really hard to, to know how to approach your workouts and things of that nature. Was there any point where you guys had a, any sort of conversations about maybe just turning the page and focusing your energy towards towards next season i'm sure you're always checking your bases and it's holistic effort but did you think that that you'd be back with the nba season this this year yeah i think all of our guys approach it like that uh we, we feel like we have a special group and uh that we have a chance to do some damage in the playoffs so uh the message was it's tough but try to do the best you can to stay in uh, game shape you were talking about preparing for the draft a, a second ago but what was it like when you just had nothing going on and you could just like focus all your efforts on the draft? Because, you know, in a normal season, you're going right from the playoffs into draft prep. And I'm sure it's so much more crazier than it was in a time like now. Yeah. It was interesting. Uh, we got a lot more done, a lot of film work, a lot of talking amongst each other. I think one of the concerns is maybe you do a little bit too much and you uh, overanalyze. But uh, I think we felt like we did exactly the right amount and we felt pretty good where we're at. Then we get uh, hit with the later date of October 25th. And yeah. Jeez, like, man, that's a, that's a long way to work. Now you can really overanalyze exactly. for the next, yeah. like, yeah, three yeah. months. <laughs> exactly. How much will things change between now and then from a draft perspective? I mean, maybe, you know, do you feel like you have all of the work done? Is it something like you shelf now and then you come back to later on? Or did this – three months going on four months here, the next one, did that give you enough time that you're like, okay, we know what we're doing in the draft. Nothing's going to change. These guys aren't playing. Well, I think in a perfect world, you do exactly what you said, maybe shelf it for a little while. But when you start getting more information, like uh, find out when the combine is going to be, if they're going to have one, uh, find out whether you're going to have workouts. Um, the interview process has been ongoing, but I think a lot of agents will probably back off a little bit, uh, after finding out that the draft to be pushed back so far. Can you still get the same feel from talking to guys via Zoom uh, that you do in person? Because, like, that's obviously totally different. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the biggest challenge is probably they can have other agents sitting uh, in the background somewhere. And, <laughs> right. And <giving> them <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I mean, you, how are, are things like these in, you know, in-person interviews, if you were to have them, or individual workouts – how how important are these things? I mean, how much of a decision has been made already before you get that information? And in a world in which you don't, how much more difficult is this process? Yeah, I think uh, 
all teams like to have every bit of information they can have. Uh, workouts are tricky. Um, I think you you like to have them, but like they can go any kind of way. You can have a guy that that has a terrible workout for whatever reason, and you judge it too harshly, and he ends up being a good NBA player. Uh-huh. Or you can have it where a guy like that was off the radar performs really well in the draft workout, and um, if you don't value it correctly, he ends up being good. I think that's that's kind of what happened with Kuzma, uh, Utah. He he was uh, pretty good, but not not like he has been in the NBA. Plays really well in the draft combine, has some good workouts, and you're like, okay, which one is the correct thing to do? Is it is, is he going to be yeah. the Kuzma that we've seen in the combine and our workouts, or is it going to be like how he was at Utah? And obviously, in his case, the the combine and workouts were were accurate. Yeah. Um, do you enjoy that aspect? I mean, the front office job in the NBA, it seems like there's so many things, especially in Denver, really tight group. You have to do so many different things. Where Do you enjoy the draft portion of that more relative to some of the other things you do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, as you work your way up the ladder and get more responsibility, um, you, you have to do more things that are administrative in nature and, and things like that. But at, at the end of the day, we all get into this business because of team construction. Yeah, and a big part of team construction is the draft. So yeah, it's always a fun thing. How many players would you say uh, the average front office person scouts prior to a draft? I mean, there's 60 players taken. Is it 100? Is it 150? Is it 80? Yeah, I mean, there's just so many good basketball players in the world right now. So it's hard to put a number on it. I think by the end of the year, we probably have a report. So like, if I had to ballpark it, maybe like over 300 guys. Oh wow! You know, some guys won't declare, and you're whittle, whittle down the pull that way. But um, I think at the end of the day, how many guys declared this year? Like 135 or 140, something, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's wild. Um, I want to kind of move along here and just talk about your arrival here in Denver. I know, um, you know, you'd worked with Tim Conley, I believe, in New Orleans. You had some familiarity yeah. with with some of the guys in the front office. But what was your impression of Denver back in 2017 before you arrived? Kind of. What were your thoughts about the the organization, the team, and the guys that were currently on that roster? Well, it was good friends with a lot of guys that worked in the front office, so I watched them a lot. I felt like it was a young, talented, exciting team. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Nicola was like uh, he was a uh, analytic darling to say the least. So our analytics guys in Minnesota was always talking about him. I thought he's a really good player, but. Uh, I remember seeing him uh, in an early season workout the first my first time in Denver, and I was like, man, that guy's even better than I thought he was. <laughs> so I think that's probably one of the main impressions, just how good Joker is. Do you think that he has sort of changed the way? Because I've heard so many different either front office people or ex-front office people talk about like, oh, if I have one regret, it's Jokic. I knew he was going to be good. I just was too gun-shy. I, just, I feel like everybody has said that. Do you think it's – him and you know the Marcus Sauls. There's just been a handful of them now who's, you know, maybe didn't look the best. You know, the eye didn't pass the eye test just from the body. But do you think that that has changed now that the, now that he's kind of come through and been as successful? Do you think people are now less gun shy with regards to players like that? I think absolutely. I think uh, him and Doncic and even to lesser extent like guys like Jamal and like you know, it's not always about how high you jump or how athletic you are. I think in Nicola's case, we always talk about how the hoop summit that he participated yeah. in. He was basically doing all the same stuff he was doing now, 
but uh, nobody really took it as seriously. So, like, uh, you know, Clint Capello was in that hoop summit, if I remember correctly, and Nicole yep. pretty much, like, dominated him and, and made Capello's draft stop drop. But, but both of those guys were really good. Yeah. <laughs> well, know, it, yeah. If you don't know, know how good Nicola was, I don't think Capello would have dropped as much as he did. It was funny. Adam put together a bunch of clips from Nicola's summer league, and he was doing the same exact things in summer league that he's been doing for the last several years. Except sometimes guys weren't finishing like his behind the back passes mm. and whatnot. But he, he's been doing the same stuff for you know for forever. Yeah. He has that ability to make um, some traditionally skilled defensive centers look silly, despite maybe a lack a lack of traditional athleticism. Calvin, how would you go about trying to guard? <laughs> trying to guard Jokic if you were tasked with, with that. Man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any Make it as hard as possible. Uh, close my eyes and pray. The classic stuff, try to make his catches harder, force him off, maybe uh, force him to shoot jump shots and hope he misses. But right. I don't know. It's basic stuff that usually doesn't work against him. Right, right. <laughs> If we go back in into 2017, so you know Jokic had kind of established himself. Um, Jamal Murray was still establishing himself. How have those guys grown in your three years now with the team? And you know what's different about them now than than when you first arrived? I think uh, just more game experience, more clutch moments. Uh, I mean, uh, our, the, the that started you the plays together. They they closed so many close games out, and uh, you know all the guys make huge shots. So. There'll be times where, whether it's Will or Paul or Gary, a lot, oftentimes it is Nicole and Jamal, but like, I think going through those experiences and winning those games gives them more confidence. And um, I think they, they know like what it takes to win on a night in and night out basis. You talk about sort of that experience. I mean, they're still, it, it's weird because I don't consider them young anymore, but they are. I mean, 23 and 25 yeah. or something. Is there, at this point, is, is there still like, you know, sort of check like that's more experience or is it more just refining and, 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 and you know, like I, I guess I'm asking what lessons are there for them sort of at this stage of their careers that, that they're still sort of try, they're approaching? Well, I think, uh, I mean, everybody matures in different ways. I think like with Jamal right now, it's like really reflecting and, and getting the time to step back and he's been talking with our coaches and Tim and guys a lot about like, all right, actually making – uh, shots like an elite three-point shooter. Like it's, uh, right. You know, I think he, he realized he has another level to go as a shooter, and his ability to focus is amazing. And, and it's, I think he's really bought into it. And I think he's really taking another step as a shooter. That's interesting. How how much can just being in the playoffs and that first kind of go around in the playoffs do for guys developmental wise from from somebody who who's been through the playoffs before? Yeah, I think you just get used to the intensity level. Like, it's a whole different way of playing, intensity level. It's a lot harder fought, a lot more focus coming from both sides. So, uh, I think going through that experience, you just know how hard you have to play and how focused you have to be. And from your pers- perspective as a front office member, talking about evaluating talent, constructing a team, I mean, do you look at things like some guys are 82-game players, some guys are built for the playoffs. I mean – there's a lot of difficulty, I'm sure, in determining who's who in that process. Yeah, I mean, I think that you always have to give more credit 
to guys that have been in the playoffs before. It's just the way it works. Like, fortunately for our team and our, our, our guys, we've, we've been in the playoffs and we know how we play in, in those situations. And I think that's valuable, especially considering how early we are in our development. I want to ask you, because I know you played with Dirk twice in your career, once in 2000 and then again in 2005. You know, he often gets compared to Nicola in a lot of different ways. Um, for, I guess, first of all, I'll start with that. Do you see similarities, or is that just the lazy, they're both Europeans, and the, and the, the similarities end there? Well, I think when you uh, look at how both of them can dominate a game without being uh, elite athletically in the NBA, and uh, they both have really high shot releases that are hard to get to, but once you start getting away from that, you start seeing a lot of divergence, like, uh, Nicole is more of a creator and uh, facilitator for others, and Dirk is like an elite, elite score shooter. So, um, you know, you start going down that road and you see some differences. But I, I see some similarities in their personality. They're both great with their teammates. They both don't take themselves too seriously. Um, humble guys, as, as you'll meet. Um, so I think there are some parallels there. It's interesting you say it that way because one of the things that sort of took over the quarantine was the Michael Jordan doc and sort of the discussion about the mind frame it takes to be a winner or this or that. And there's so many examples, I think, counter to Michael Jordan, but I, I would tend to agree that I think Jokic and Dirk both have this very don't take themselves too seriously and, and, and they just don't seem burdened too much by some of the, the, the pressures or this or that. Do you, I, I mean, I guess that, that's the question. Obviously, Dirk Nowitzki won a championship. But is there lots of different personality traits that can sort of get the best out of themselves? Or are there certain things that every player has to have, some drive or edge to them that, that, that pushes them to be their best? Yeah. I think you made a great point. I think there's a million different ways to win. And um, we, we witnessed it with the Golden States there. They don't have guys that are necessarily like Michael Jordan, but they were dominant. So uh, I think Michael is – arguably the best player to ever play and uh it worked for him but i think other other styles of leadership can work for other people too is there a team that you think of that that maybe is a a blueprint for the denver nuggets this this iteration of the denver nuggets is there somebody that that's done it maybe it, i always talk about the 2014 spurs for example i think there's somewhat of a facsimile is there a team out there you think makes a blueprint i mean we always uh toss about toss around these things i think you have to look at Golden State a little bit. You have yeah. to look at San Antonio a little bit. You have to look at the Dallas teams a little bit. You know, yeah. I think there's just a bunch of different teams. Uh, with Paul being such a important cog in that Atlanta team that won a bunch of games, maybe you think about that team sound like, you know. So yeah. I think there's a bunch of different teams in history that you can look like and you could say, oh, well, maybe this version of the Nuggets is a little bit like that team. Um I want to I want to move on to some broad questions now, just about a front office in the NBA. I mean, what is it that makes a what what makes a good front office? What are some of the traits that are just essential for a front office functioning um, the way it's supposed to? Yeah, I think uh, everybody has to check their egos at the door and be willing to work long, hard hours and uh, be willing to have good conversations. And once those conversations are over, and dialogue or debate or whatever you want to call it. Once you leave the room, you're all on the same page. And uh, at the end of the day, I think what Tim is big on is still basketball, working on basketball. So um, enjoy that part of it. Um, it's a blessing for everybody to be able to come in and, and talk about the game last night instead of having to work 
at a financial institutional Wall Street. Right. You know, so. There, there are like there are like so many different voices in front offices. Obviously, tons of different voices in the Nuggets front office. Like I like Tim, never played in the NBA, never played in college. You played in the NBA. Um, how just valuable is it that you have an NBA background and you have that experience working with the current team in Denver? Yeah, I think all different perspectives help. Um, obviously, it's unique to be able to play at all, all these levels and be in a locker room and know what these guys go through. I, I think uh, it is valuable um, because you can relate to what a guy is going through or what it takes to make it. Mm-hmm. How frequently do you guys have big disagreements? And I don't mean you guys specifically, but just front offices. You've been in front offices. How often are there things where it's like, man, we are not at all going to come to an agreement on this? Several times a year. Usually around draft time. <laughs> yeah. You know, so those are those are always fun dialogues and debates and you don't you don't know the answers until several years out, right? Yeah. Sometimes years later even. I mean yeah, yeah. Calvin, I want to circle back to that point you just uh, made when talking about remembering that it's about basketball and that you're there to have fun how easily is like that notion kind of lost on on you when you're in your position there's so much stress um and and there's just like you know high high stakes decision making that you're constantly in the in the middle of so is it difficult for you to remember that at the end of the day this is still about hoops yeah i mean uh at the end of the day like the elite the adam silver david stir rest in peace like they did a great job of growing the league so it's big business now. The mm-hmm. staffs are bigger. Uh, there's more in line with the decision-making process. There's a lot of money involved. So I think you, you can be overwhelmed and uh, start to look at it more in a way where it's like a business and you got you know the, you can feel the pressure of it. But that's when you have to take a step outside of it and be like, it's basketball. If these guys play well, if they're having fun, if they work well together, everybody will have success. Yeah. Let's let's move on now to the uh, this current season that we're just seven weeks away from. I think the, it, I don't know that anybody knows how this is going to go. I, it, the new details are coming in. It seems every single day, at least on our end. Um, what are going to be some of the keys, in your opinion, to this abridged season? Maybe unique keys that that aren't always the keys uh, to every playoffs. Yeah, I think uh, Coach Malone has been a big one. If, if we are all on the same page and come together as one. The teams that can come together the quickest will probably have some kind of advantage. And we feel like with our continuity, we feel like we have a good chance of doing that. How much have you gotten to talk with the players? Like, are you, are you doing it through text, Zoom calls? Do you, can you watch workouts at Pepsi Center? I don't even know. But just what's the yeah. interaction like, like with the guys these days? Yeah, it's a, a lot of virtual stuff, communication yeah. through Zoom calls, text calls. Our PD guys do get to work go in and work with their guys and we talk to them and get updates and so it's pretty much doing everything from afar right now are you are you saying you cannot confirm or deny the uh Jokic six-pack rumor that jamal murray has perpetuated <laughs> yeah i've talked to a lot of our, our uh staff and they all say like he looks in phenomenal shape <laughs> yeah. i'm telling I everybody it. i have a six i'm buying pack it too. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's it's great yeah. how how important is seating in um in the playoffs now, because with no home court, I mean, that's one of the things there's going to be these eight games. Is it important to, to get the highest seating or is it less important than maybe what it was? Uh, I think by nature, it's going to be a little bit less important. 
Um, I think uh, playing well, I think everybody will be want to play well, one team to play well as you enter the first round of playoffs. So I think that'll be important, as important as seeing, I think. Have you ever played in an arena with nobody inside of it? Like a meaningful game, not just a pickup game or something, but have you ever had to be in this situation before? Oh, man, this is a perfect time to, to make a joke about Penn State basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I, I happened to have played at Penn State, and, uh, you know, when we opened the Bryce door, and it, it was sold out all the time. So, uh, you know, not, not, not as often, not as often uh, as – I would like, but you know, preseason games. Some some games when you're playing on some NBA teams that aren't having great years, the, the arena's pretty empty. But nothing like we'll face in Orlando. And and this matters, right? I mean, players feed off of this stuff, no? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, a lot of a lot of the guys have voiced their opinion that they like to play for the fans. They like to they they like the adrenaline they get being in a full arena and hearing the, the fans cheer. And, I think there'll be an adjustment. I know they've talked about some things like bringing in 2K sounds and stuff like that. Right. I know it'll be a little bit different, but maybe that'll help compensate some. I have a theory. I think trash talkers are going to be extra valuable in this this tournament because there's nowhere to hide. You know, a trash talker, you go on the other end of the court, maybe you can't hear him, but this one, you can't get away from They'll be yelling at you from 90 feet away. That's a great point. Who is the best trash talker on the Nuggets, actually? The best trash talker in the Nuggets. I mean, it has to be when he gets into a Jamal because he's really irritated. He's irritated a lot of teams, a lot of players. So <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it's necessarily talk or antics or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> That's a good point. I think I think he's gotten the most reaction out of uh, the other team. Uh, yeah. Uh, since I've been here, I think he also I think is the most immune from trash. In fact, not even immune. I think it brings him up a level. If if somebody tries to get him going, it's like, all right. Now I'm. No, I'm in it. He's one of the first guys I think of when I think of no fans and, and a different sort of atmosphere and energy in the arena. You know, he, he gets going off. Yeah, he, he does like mm-hmm. the like the, the crowd for sure. This is the last one for me. Um, do you feel like it's more open? I mean, just be, by nature of, you know, everybody's been off for four months. There's all these different variables and, and, and different things. I mean, from your perspective, does this make it more of an open year than any before? I think so. Um just something that nobody will have ever dealt with before. So you can't use prior experience. And uh, I mean, the players, some players will come out back in great shape. Some players will come back in not so great shape. And you just, just don't know how all this stuff is going to play out. Yeah. Jamal, um, I think he said on last Friday when he was on a call with us, like, yeah, we think we can win the title. We've, we've got me, Joker. We beat the best teams in the league this year. We've had the same team. We've had that continuity for the last couple of years. Is that just kind of the overall confidence that the entire organization has? Just, you know, why not us this year? I think we're excited about it. I mean, it's, it would be natural for us to take a step. And uh, we have points in the season where we played really well. Um, we have points in the season where we could have played better. So, But I think everybody's looking at this as a new, fresh opportunity. And, uh a chance to show what we're made of. I, I got this question here. Uh, who's the best trash talker in the Nuggets front office? <laughs> forget forget Ooh, the players. The best, the best trash talker in the front office. Let me let me take a step back and think about this for a second. Um, I would I would have to say uh, 
I'll give Tim the nod. Tim can talk pretty well. Yeah, he can talk. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I that's a good, that's Klibinoff... a good thing to say about your boss, though. It's a good thing to say about yeah. your boss if he's a good trash talker. I think Klibanoff can talk. I've, heard, I've only met yeah, him I like three. I was gonna say Clint. Clint yeah, he could he could really really talk, man. <laughs> <laughs> he swears he's the best tennis player ever, too. I don't know. I I can't confirm this, but according to him, he's like he's Pete not, Sampras. He's not he's not the best tennis player in our front office. <laughs> there you go. I guess I, I asked the wrong <laughs> you person. Got your answer. <laughs> That's too good, Calvin. Thank you so much for taking some time out to talk to us and, and, and to the rest of the the Nuggets fan base. Really appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Uh, no problem. Great being on. All talk right. Well, thanks, Calvin. Be well, man. Oh, that was great, man. That was good. That was good stuff. Um, people don't know, like, Clib is behind the scenes on it, but he is like, uh, he he is, I think, an A plus sort of like joke teller, and he's just always on. You know, one of those people that's like never not on his game. Talk- he has a legitimate story about everything, like because he, he knows he, everybody. He, yeah, knows every player, knows every coach, knows every scout. And it's funny because it's him and um, him and Conley both talk like twice as fast as the average person so when they get going together it's like i can't even understand either one of them uh, it's pretty funny but um that was good stuff harrison why don't you take us in we we didn't do a single break there so why don't we uh, hop into a quick break yeah we'll, we'll first talk about the mile high city copper lager from breck brew solid we'll be uh chugging a lot of these at the dnvr bar during the playoffs um maybe maybe not maybe i'll be in disney world or maybe I'll be at the DNVR bar. I don't know. I hope but... you're at Disney World. I hope yeah. I'm at the DNVR bar. I will be at the bar. I'm going to be at the bar. Yeah. I feel like I couldn't say no to Disney World if I could go. Like, that'd be a once-in-a-lifetime experience for sure. Oh, my God. It'd be insane. <laughs> that'd be crazy. I don't know if they have Breck Brew down at Disney World. That would they be my only be. concern. Just use the Breck Brew beer locator. Oh, yeah. I could yeah. use the Breck Brew beer locator. <laughs> I could. I could. Uh, yeah, so pick up some Mile High City uh, Copper Lager at Davidson's. You can get it from Breck Brew as well. Get it from your local liquor store. Davidson's has uh, delivery. You can also pick it up there as well. Uh, so make sure to swipe some of that for this weekend, this weekend. Also, a uh, let's see what we got here. Oh, yeah, DraftKings. Should we do our DraftKings Pick of the Week? Do you have it? I do can you pull it up right here. Do you have your pick of the week though? Like this, you know the people they 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 need the truth from Harrison. They don't need I, just like I make do, one up. I do have my pick of the week. I got a log oh, in here. Oh wow! And, uh, Very excited. I should have had more upbeat music for the uh, pick of the week. I didn't realize we were going there. Yeah. So this one's gonna take a little while to uh, cash out on, but uh, <laughs> DraftKings has the odds for which team out of those eight through twelve seeds in the West. Or is it 8 through 13? But which team is going to get the 8 seed and make the playoffs? Who could come out of the play-in tournament? And right now they've got the Portland Trailblazers at plus 450 to reach the playoffs. Which I kind of like. That makes sense. I kind of like that. Plus 450? Yeah, plus 450. So, I mean, you wager 5 bucks, you win 2750. The question is, is that really a bet you want to make? I mean, like, do you feel good? There's okay. two There's two theories, right? You bet against your own self-interest, then you're happy either way. But I don't believe in that theory. I think you bet for your self-interest and you're double miserable, miserable if you get it wrong. I mean, I said on our show yesterday with Sean, I'm taking Portland to get the eight seed. Um, Basketball it, analysis it, tells you it's Portland. But my, my, my heart tells me Portland's going to roll over. And by my heart, I mean <laughs> the, the, hating, the hate vessel in my chest. 
Me and Ray are the same, man. We only bet on our favorite team. That's right. You never, never go against the, the You squad. guys let your heart get into it too much. That's how you're supposed to do it. Hard on That's your how I live, baby. Eric, it's good to see you. Hey, Eric. hey guys. What's going on? What did I miss? We're doing the DNBA show. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm taking Portland plus 450 to make the playoffs as my DraftKings How much are you throwing week. down on there? You got to throw down a cool 10 grand? Uh, I'm not going to reveal how much. <laughs> Sounds like a $1 bet. One dollar. <laughs> I'll, I'll say uh, I'll say it'll be more than more than $1. Oh, more than a dollar. Okay. Wow. More than a dollar. High more than is a that, dollar. Is that uh, $1 to win $4.50? <laughs> no, I said it's going to be more than a dollar. More than oh, a dollar. Oh, all, right. all right. More than a dollar. Uh, yeah. But so you guys can bet on that on DraftKings. And also we've got uh, golf this weekend. We've got a lot of other stuff going on on uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code DNVR when you sign up, for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus for up to 1000 bucks. Must be 21 or older. Colorado-only bonus is comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to 500 bucks. Deposit bonus requires a 25-times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Eric, do you got a... I think I'm about ready to call out a back signal. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, oh, 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 oh my goodness. Oh, what is, what could that oh. sound mean? It could only mean one thing. That's that, that net I, zero internet firing up. Is that, is that right? Uh, Did anyone check with him first? <laughs> <laughs> to see if he actually has one today. Yeah, I can pull it up. Man, Eric's, uh, uh, what is that? Here, guys. <laughs> who's in the control? Do you have controls, Eric? Do you have like controls? That's amazing. Oh, look at our beautiful graphic. It's been so long since we've yeah, done online. This. It's been a while. <laughs> um, I know. We haven't really. because well, every time Eric goes online, online. He, he cries. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys have been online lately. It's not, not that fun of a place currently. It's, <laughs> it's not really where uh, I've been spending a lot of my time. But all the same, um, let's see what's going online with D-Line. Okay. Let's check it out. Okay. <laughs> so first things, we've Whatever got uh, the perennial champion. Um, Michael Jordan. Oh, even when we're talking about fishing, Ugh. Ugh. of course, Michael he's better Jordan than me at everything. It's so annoying. <laughs> I don't even know. Do you, do you know what it takes to be a good fisherman? It seems like it's all luck. It, it takes a lot of patience, fishing. probably a lot of patience. Yeah, I it think it's a hundred percent luck. Like everybody throws the exact same bait out, drives yeah, their boat the around in the water, and then it's like, oh, this big one bit my bait. Like it a little just, one bit yours. It takes a lot totally of not hundred percent. You don't think that's how fishing is? Hold no. on, let's have this debate. Let's have this. That is exactly no. when we're talking about sea fish. You think that Michael Jordan was out there like? Checking the water temperature. No, like, hold I, on listen, a second. Th- th- we're, in, we're in a day and age where... That is what fishers do, though, to be clear. They do, <laughs> no, no, yeah, but they, they like, do they know, know where the fish are. They're not just like... They do know uh, where the fish are. They're not just... They're in the sea. They're in the like, sea. That's what they know. There's like, okay, maybe this portion yeah, of the satellites. sea. satellites. Like, yeah, there's like a lot going come on. Come on, man. <laughs> no, that's real. <laughs> this is... A, I can't believe we're doing this. What I'm saying is someone told Michael Jordan that fish was catching shit, talking shit. He went in there with his bare hands and came out with yeah, a 400. Yeah, yeah that, fish def- that fish definitely said that uh, Michael Jordan wouldn't be able to hack it if he wouldn't be able to get that seventh championship. Um, a $3 million <laughs> fishing tournament is also interesting here. So that's saying, like, there has to be skill involved if there's a $3 million prize. Like, that just can't be a random... <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> if, you guys, if you saw the video of this, it's even better because Jordan, there's no way he's actually catching the fish, but they're pulling it up on this thing to show everybody and to weigh it probably. Jordan waltzes out of this yacht, <laughs> stogie in hand, sunglasses on, and just walks out to this huge applause from the crowd. <laughs> and it, of course, it's his name starts. He personally catches a 442-pound blue marlin. <laughs> I like the, we got to get a yeah, fishing mobile game i don't Come know if you WGT. guys opened the article and read it WFT, but it turns out yeah. uh turns out michael jordan didn't know how to fish someone just told him there was three million dollars on the line and he <laughs> figured it out <laughs> well, anyway michael jordan is better than everything in us in life uh, and he's a winner well, and we're losers well there you go so uh you know didn't what else is going on to tell me that online yeah. these days guys let's see what let's else is going on <laughs> um so are you guys would you describe oh, wow. you guys yourselves as sneakerheads Nope. Uh, uh, I, I love sneakers. Don't have enough money to get a collection. I, I have a small collection, a small gathering of shoes. That's like five pairs of shoes. How do we feel about these? These uh, are absolute trash. I'm sorry. <laughs> these are junk. I'm throwing these. I am eating Ben and Jerry's ice cream out of these. TJ's these are wearing, garbage. TJ's wearing them next. These got now. so much hype on the internet, and I just I these got so much hype, so much so hype, much and hype. I just don't get it. You know what's funny? I don't get it. These are trash. Every shoe. Every shoe that comes out. Do you, see what, do, do you see the price that these sold for? <laughs> they do see the price. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Chunky donkey. $4,000. So these are obviously the most atrocious looking shoes that have ever been created. But they're really more of a, a piece of art a statement yeah, like okay. a moment in time. Yeah. So, But would you pay $4,000 for these shoes? Like, What's the different in price, though? Is it is it $2,000 for the gallon of ice cream as well? Yeah. <laughs> That's the collector's edition. Oh, you, get a, you get a pint of Chunky Dunky. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I think that, that's the shoe. That is the box that they the oh, box, the container that they come in. Why is that worth so, paying for? <laughs> okay, Those so are ugly measure. shoes. Well, I like shoes. I wouldn't pay, obviously, that kind of money for them, but I get when people do, say, yeah, but not these those. Are, these those are, are not attractive. So they also look suspiciously similar to the shirts that Brendan wears right now. In most <laughs> These look like a shoe. My, my five-year-old would have designed. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So we go to, just going to say that you guys are not sneaker. Heads. Oh, right, look at the same enough. exact moment. I said that somebody hops in here for you. Well, my daughter's. <laughs> Right. Well, uh, what else is uh, going on online these days, guys? Let's check <laughs> I, it out. I love how that's what you say every day. <laughs> the the transitions are top notch. You tell us. Uh, so, it, it, um, so our good friend Chris Marlowe has confirmed he will be calling Nuggets games, but won't be in Orlando. Working yeah. remotely from Denver seems to be the plan. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the silky tones of my man Chris Marlowe repi- replying to this guy with a, a you know, maybe not the greatest. Uh, <laughs> I just shout out Chris Marlowe for telling us something he was absolutely not supposed to tell us yet. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but oh, really? I couldn't retweet that fast enough. Well, I no, uh, I, I saw I saw Kevin Harlan in an interview said he's most likely calling games from his studio at least until the Western Conference Finals. So that's probably the plan for most announcing crews. Hey, I that's good. I, I want I want Marlo. I want Marlo's voice behind this this Do opening we, round, right? I, is is this going to be a situation where we get this back, but then are not able to watch it until? Oh, then? that's right. I forgot about oh, all the well, list of tragedies. Well, you know where we can watch it. 
Where's the NVR bar on Colfax? The DNVR bar on Colfax in York. <laughs> Away games Unbelievable. are changed forever. I, listen, I cannot wait to hear Chris Marlowe's silky tones coming through the speakers of the DNVR bar, which is definitely going to happen. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What else, what else is going on, on these days, guys? Oh, no, I don't know. What's going on? Uh, so... What my main man, oh, this is Michael a great Miller. one. This is a great one. This is a great one. The Mike coolest, Miller. the coolest Dude. coach or former coach in college basketball. One of the coolest guys on the planet. Just look how balanced that shot is. Oh, look at that. Oh my god, I could watch this all day. Honestly, just look at him. I mean, He's just like this is such an old man. Like, all right, what am right? I? Oh. <laughs> this man stopped playing a while ago. <laughs> He's, He's also in the sweats in the backwards hat. Oh. I mean, just look at my guy here, man. Oh the yeah. Wedding ring oh, on. I love scoop. that one. Yeah. The Old man too. scoop with the, the shoulder. Oh, scoop. I don't need a move. Big, big Andre. Oh yeah, and then just pull up right here. Yep, got him. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Miller is honest to God the coolest guy. He's the coolest guy on earth. Like he's the A version of of everybody. Yeah. So Mike Miller uh, resigned from his position as an assistant at Memphis. Next stop, the Denver Nuggets coaching staff as an assistant. Anybody do it? He's got you. my endorsement. Come full circle. The guy who gave Jokic the Joker nickname comes uh, full circle yeah, to win a championship with the his Nuggets. Least impressive. I keep, I'm not going to define him that way. Like Jokic Joker is the, the most natural nickname. <laughs> so okay, I've got I've got one more here. What else um, is going on online these oh, days? Oh yeah, what else is going on these guys? <laughs> so here's the presumptive potentially number one pick, uh, Lamelo Ball. Watch these. Oh. Uh, What's these six oh. handling skills? Oh, oh. oh. Take, take him to the... Oh, oh. <laughs> that's just mean. <laughs> Not only that, yeah. and then, uh, then the follow-up. Let's see here. You uh, you just want to hate on LaMelo. He's good. He might I, be that's good. a rough clip, though. That's a tough clip. That is a rough clip. Tough, tough yeah, clip I didn't, for the well, he, well, maybe maybe he'll redeem himself in this clip. I I, I, I didn't show him in his best line. I apologize for that. Let's, uh, let's get a little redemptive. Oh, my God. I can't here. believe this. Is there is there another one right below that you're gonna have to pull up now? Oh, yeah, yeah, it oh, is yeah. Sorry, below. Sorry, sorry. I... So okay, yo, got the three. Uh, maybe it didn't hit the Ooh. three, but <laughs> <laughs> you just hear but You gotta give it to Lamelo, right? This is the number one presumptive number one overall pick. This is a game changing uh, oh. guard that can take it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> You just found terrible. You know what? I, I do not approve of this online with D-Log. You had to scour the darkest parts of the web to find these clips. Come on and By now. the darkest parts of the web, we mean Rosillo's timeline. Well, yeah. To be honest, yeah. last couple of weeks, these kind days, of. Yeah. Not, not too bad. Is it, is it crazy that I would take LaMelo Ball number one overall? Or is that just how bad this draft is I at the top? I think that's going to happen. Well, I don't know. Let's watch this uh, scouting film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rough draft. Harrison, take that us away from our last break. Then we're going to play the steps. Let's play the steps with Jordan. All right, so uh, I've talked about uh, MSU Denver online a lot this week. I also teased how I'm signing up for a summer class. Well, guys, the class has started. I'm officially enrolled hey, at Metro State. Congrats. Hopefully Road sports journalism. Hopefully in sports journalism. Yeah, um, I, it's actually a marketing class, so I'll let you guys know how it goes. Um wasn't anticipating this big of a workload, though, so <laughs> we'll see how this goes over the next three months. I'm so here for Harrison failing. It's like, you accidentally signed up for school again. Uh, but anyway, if you guys want to take some classes at MSU Denver Online, they got their full course schedule online on their website. Great for first-time freshmen or if you're looking to go back to school and finish your degree. Or if you're looking to get a master's or a uh, another degree on top of your bachelor's, 
they've got a program, they've got the classes for you, they've got the teachers for you as well. Also, Strava Craft Coffee can get 20% off with the code DNVR20 at StravaCraftCoffee.com. Been known to cure long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, all that jazz. So you can get 20% off with the code DNVR20, StravaCraftCoffee.com. All right, we are ready now for the steps and our main man, Jordan. Haven't been on for a while. Jordan, it's good to have you back. Hey, how's it going, guys? Jordan, how many movies have you watched start to finish since we spoke to you last? Oh, I, today. I stopped counting. Today, none. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's not <laughs> the answer I was expecting. <laughs> no, no. I watched a couple episodes of the Netflix show. But... What'd you think of Calvin Booth? Uh, he's, yeah, he's pretty cool. I mean, it's <laughs> he's got such a deep voice, it was hard to catch everything. You know you what's funny is I don't remember voice. him having a deep voice, so that was like a... That was like a new. I was. I was. We've only been away like a few months. I know. That long. I know. Yeah. Calvin's a good dude, man. Yeah, he is a good dude. Um, are you, uh, Jordan? Are you excited for sort of the developments? Um, we didn't talk about this, I guess, earlier in the show, but Woj is announcing that there are some players. Oh, look at this! We got a shout out from Saudi Arabia. Shouts. Um, that there are some players apparently that are raising some questions maybe you don't want to be there it sounds like primarily from teams that don't really have a chance the spurs the the the, the uh <laughs> the suns it has spurs. to be the spurs and the suns right like that they're like i don't know man but um <laughs> maybe i don't know i was a little concerned today that it sounds like there's some players that aren't fully on board with this plan yeah i mean it's not that surprising to me i mean we are seeing that a spike in florida and corona cases so yeah that's yeah. true and texas too so are you excited or would you categorize yourself as like not willing to get excited just yet? I mean, I'm excited, but it's all just a mystery at this point. So, so true, is this, is this Jordan? Is this you excited right now? Is this, <laughs> this is Jordan excited? Is well, like, yeah, I'm pretty fired up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. well, you know, I'm excited my... for you to uh, fall down the steps. So should, shall oh, we? Wow. Oh, wow. Metaphorically. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, Metaphorically. No. And also literally. Let's see. And physically when you come to and the bar. Physically. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. You know, of course, our prizes this week are very special. If you get all the way, look what you get. This incredible thing. You're not getting all the way. And then we also oh, have this God. one here. Water bottle t-shirt hat some great prizes you're almost right. guaranteed to win harrison Ooh. all right question number one jordan name both teams that play in the state of new york the knicks and the nets yes that's correct that is correct <laughs> that is correct like, he answered that with a question yeah. <laughs> oh i forgot we don't have a producer today so i'm the producer hold on guys he is on the step <laughs> step number two look at this yeah there we go <laughs> number two what team does trey young play for the atlanta hawks congratulations correct. Jordan. you, you were playing the steps on the right evening oh this i mean is... we made these easy as hell <laughs> we got a lot of prizes to give away <laughs> they always seem to start out easy but yeah, yeah that's true uh, number three, what country does Ben Simmons hail from? Australia. Man, where that is also I correct. Mean, come on, my goodness. He's not even, unbelievable. I, I, could you give us the courtesy to pretend to think about them for a second? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Jordan doesn't have a helper here, but probably doesn't need one. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. No, we'll see. Uh, number four, what is the name of the golf game that DNVR members play on their phones? <laughs> I mean, it's the the World Golf Tour, right? WGT. That's right. That is it. That is it. I like how he gave the full name, the World Golf Tour. He did the full name. Extra points for that. 
Uh, number five, Jordan. What is the name of Breck Brew's strawberry Kolsch flavored beer? Oh, he's not drinking enough Breck, and now it's gonna cost him. Uh, strawberry Sky. Oh, wow, that is correct. <laughs> There's a hail mary of takes a bounce. Wait, are we on caught. six or seven? Uh, we're. This is question number six coming up. Okay. This is uh, this is a tough one, but hopefully you're watching the beginning of this podcast. Ooh. Who did the Dallas Mavericks eliminate from the first round of the playoffs in 2001 after a game winner from Nuggets assistant GM Calvin Booth? The annoying thing is I clicked on this in the middle of this conversation, and it was still on mute when I got on, so I got to think about it. Finley guarded by Stockton. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we get. There's the answer. Fin- right. Finley guarded by stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> that had so, no yeah, been helpful. Jazz. The Jazz. That's correct. That is correct. The Utah Jazz. <laughs> all right, number seven. Who won the 2004 NBA championship? I'll tell you what. First? If you. If you, I'll tell you what, before you answer, if you need a helper, I think I have one for you. Do you, do you need a helper? Sure, let's take a helper. Yeah. Yo! It's in the chat here. All right. Coming to you live from Free Capitol Hill. I was just nice. going to ask, oh, are, nice. you, are yeah, you yeah. coming to us from the USA anymore? No. In the middle of no, the not. No. It's <laughs> All right. Are you Probably able to help even. Jordan out here? He's, uh, he's on the struggle bus. Yeah. O4 files are the Pistons. Oh, that's right. Yep. I got wow. you. I got you. Yeah, there we go. What a celebrity shot from Darwin. Wow. He got it. He, he got, got it. it. He got it's it. It's always nice when you have friends from international places. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. The Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Wow. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> the Chaz is what we call it around here. Uh, the Chaz. <laughs> All right. Question number eight. What former player had the nicknames... Hibachi and Agent Zero. It's got to be uh, Gilbert Arenas. Yep. It's got to be Gilbert Arenas. It's got to be. Yeah. Or uh, another nickname, Gun Charge. Uh, <laughs> 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 that, maybe that one never stuck. Yeah. I think I have his autograph somewhere, actually. I love Gilbert Arenas, man. I'm a Gilbert Arenas guy. Yeah. Love him. Love him, too. Number Don't hear nine. the... Oh, God. Go oh, no, no. Go ahead, Darwin, please. Did you hear uh, the road tripping with him and Nick Young? <laughs> oh, God, it's no. like the best road tripping. <laughs> yeah. Besides, like, Barton calling out uh, Man, the Suns. Oh, who was Troy that? Da- Troy that? Daniels, Troy right? Daniels. <laughs> Who's also Troy right? Troy Daniels, yeah. yeah. Was that, is that right? We gotta get Troy on the pod, man. Troy, when Will... Oh, no. When you wanted to fight Will Barton, uh, what was that all Is about? that right? Will, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh yeah. my god, that's so Full great! Full circle, baby. Wow. I have no idea. Wow, I cannot wait for the season to resume. Holy cow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we on here? Number nine. Number nine. Which of these teams did Calvin Booth not play on? Mm. The Dallas Mavericks, wow. the Denver Nuggets, the Seattle SuperSonics. Pretty sure it's the Nuggets. That's my guess, but I'm not much help with that one either. All right. See, I figured if you're from the uh, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, you might know the Supersonics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Final answer? I think, I think it's the Nuggets, yeah. 
He got it. It is the oh, Nuggets. Nice. Nice. I like that inflection. Oh, got a second prize here. Nice green over evil. here. Bang. Uh, this question was a lot harder until today's online with D-Line, but which former <laughs> Nuggets player was an assistant coach last season at Will Barton's alma mater? Uh, yeah, uh, it's Mike Miller. Hey! <laughs> he got it. I thought, it, I thought the answer was going to be Chunky Dunky. <laughs> we should rename this show. We have to give away a cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm telling coolers, you, today's, coolers, there's coolers. still a few hard ones coming up now. To get the cooler is going to be almost impossible. Yeah. Right. Num well, number 11. Number 11. What is Jamal Murray's career high? Oh, um. That's uh, 48. Final answer 40, 48. He got it. Wow. <laughs> Against the Celtics, of course. Yeah, Kyrie yeah, Irving yeah, threw the game ball into the stands. Which yeah. I just want to say yeah. is still dumb and hilarious. That guy it's so dumb that. and what a, what so a hilarious. <laughs> Especially for somebody who's like so, like, but I mean, exists on such a higher level. Hey, hey can you so... have some respect for the game, please, as I chuck the ball at a fan? <laughs> but just imagine, like, the way that he talks about it. Like, he's he's unaffected by our by the, the plane on which we all exist. <laughs> How many times has Nikola Jokic scored 40 or more points in his NBA career, regular season and postseason? <laughs> if you knew this off the top of your head, this is impossible. I have 40 a, plus? I think it's yeah, 40, 40 or more. Garden? Yeah, Garden. The playoff one where he went for, for 41 and then the mm -hmm. Hawks game, right? Yep. Oh, there's... Did he have any since then? Uh, votes, votes give us a little clue. I don't know the answer to this. It's kind of fun that I'm just joking. Right, yeah. I, I mean, I know those three. If there's another one, I. Oh, boy. Jordan, do you have a refrigerator? I think it's three. I, I don't I don't have a better guess. I don't either. I think it's three. Final, final answer, three? Yeah. It's not three. It's five. There's Jordan, a five. There, right? Jordan Smith is five. Seattle huh? adjacent Darwin. Who else so he, the so, other ones? What were the other ones? So he's hit 40 once every season after his rookie year and then once in the playoffs. So in 2016-17, it was the uh, game against the Knicks, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the, that was that one. Then let me move along here. 2017-18, <laughs> going through these game logs, it was 41 against the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, okay. okay, that's one that people Brooklyn forget about. At, by the way, if, if yeah. Brooklyn at, what else? 2018-19, 40 points against the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, that's right. And then he had the 47 this like year, and then the. Uh, 43 against the Spurs in game six. I can't remember. It was a lot. I, I well, it was a tough one. Jordan, stay on the line, though. We will, uh, you know, we'll get your info and we'll send you over. You did win two prizes. Not the big uh, prize, but you did get uh, two prizes. That's okay. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Nice I'll fun. tell you guys, you're going to want to play the steps going forward because we got to get rid of this cooler. <laughs> so <laughs> we, the the well, questions just will just get easier and easier every single day. Should we just uh, rename it the, the gifts? The gifts, really, yeah. So <laughs> this cooler this is burning a hole in our pocket right now. You know burning what? a hole in our pocket. If we don't give uh, it away, maybe I have to take the cooler. Oh, <laughs> that's, uh, maybe that's how yeah, this that works. works out. Yeah, that hey, works. Uh, 
Is that Before we get out of here, I just want to offer my condolences to Harrison Wind. It's been a tough week for statues, so uh, uh, I just know. Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> it's been a tough one for statues. I couldn't figure out where to shoehorn that joke in. So well, just, you shoehorned it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just jammed it in at the end. Yeah. I'm fine with all those statues coming down. <laughs> I, I approve. I approve. Harrison <laughs> Wind approval. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks for, for tuning in. We're going to be back again tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. We'll see everybody then. All right, guys, before we get out of here on today's show, thanks so much for listening, and thanks again to Nuggets assistant GM Calvin Booth for dropping by the show. What I love about Denver Rubber Company is that they're one of a kind. Nobody else in Denver does it like Denver Rubber Company. Nobody else has the expertise, the history, and the business to help you out if you're in need of rubber snowplow blades or custom-cut rubber and foam gaskets. Denver Rubber Company also specializes in hose assemblies, and metal parts as well. So give them a call today for any of those needs, especially during these uncertain times because they have remained open. They are an essential business. Call them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR.